we're going to be, um, there's a lot more stories. We couldn't possibly put them all in our first video. So we're going to be collecting more stories of people whose lives have been changed since uh, we opened a little over a year ago. It was one of those things, the reason we're celebrating so late as far as our birthday is because we forgot that it was a <laughs> year. And then we're just like, wait, no, I don't care if it's late or not. This has been an amazing year. We got to stop and go woo-woo and celebrate, right? It's just like there are lives that have been changed radically. And, you know, it's like everybody on, on that video, you know, I, I know even the specifics and the details that people's lives have changed radically. Over and over and over again, I hear stories of people that just months ago hated their lives or were miserable or were unhappy or were depressed or felt alone or felt lost, whose lives have been changed. This is, we're just a little baby church, but the, the faces, I was making names of just the, there are like well over 50 people who I know would say this year their lives have changed since they just started coming here. That's unbelievable. Like one person's life, the Bible says, is worth more than all the wealth of the world. One person's life is worth it. So, you know, just to see that there's way more than one, and this is just the beginning because those people are touching other people's lives who are touching other people's lives. Because sometimes, don't you ever get a little overwhelmed by the hurt out there in the world? Have you ever had moments where you're looking around and it's just like, <gasps> you can hardly breathe maybe because it just looks like there's pain all around you. And I know that sometimes people just want to give up going, what can I do? Can I, you know, it just seems so overwhelming. Like I can't make a difference, but you can. The life of one person is worth more than all the money in the world. So reaching one person who can have healing and whose life can change is worth everything. And we can all reach one. We can change the world one person at a time, one life at a time. And that person, you know, they talk about hurt people hurt people. That's why there's so much hurt. Because what happens is a lot of times people get hurt and they pass that on to other people. They pass on the anger, they pass on the bitterness, they pass on the resentment to other people. And that's why it's overwhelming when you look around that there's so much hurt. But guess what? We get to make a difference and interrupt that. We get to have a change in our lives where we decide to receive healing for ourselves as well as passing it on to the next person. How about it? I'm committed to that. That's the, isn't that worth being committed to? Isn't that worth doing something about? There's hope in that. There's hope. I can't change the whole world, but I can change the world around me. And then that person affects that person. Do you know what I'm saying? Let's interrupt the change so the chain goes the other way. From hurt people to hurt people to heal people to heal people. People that go from despair to hope, from depression to joy, to empty to full. That's what's possible. So we're going to talk about that during this series, and that's why we're going to be doing videos of just looking at what a little bit of time can do. You know, we're, we're just a baby church. There's not that many people, you know. You see, too, what I, I was very blessed about the video is the crew of people that we have that have stepped up just in this year since we started. There are over 20 people that are a part of our regular volunteer team that come here to make a difference because they care. 
that are behind the scenes. You people are changing lives. Our crew, people, you know, everybody moving the chairs around, fixing the food, greeting people, all of that. You're changing lives by serving others, by not being a, living a life that's selfish and self-centered, but living a life that's giving and, and looking for the needs of others. I want to go to, when I think about changing the world, this is one of my favorite, there's, I'm going to read you a couple of my uh, favorite sections of scriptures that put a fire in my heart. I've read these thousands of times probably, and they still just light my fire like no, like I don't know what, but light my fire. <laughs> so Matthew 9, let's go to Matthew 9. And this is Jesus and how he looked at the world and the herd around him. In Matthew 9 and verse 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So we just see he's traveling. There's one guy. There's no TV, no radio back in the day, no internet. But he's preaching the gospel, the good news. Gospel just means good news. Preaching is just to tell or declare. It doesn't mean you're on a pulpit necessarily when you see that word. Um, it's, it really is just telling people. And it says, he was uh, talking about the good news of the kingdom of God and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus came to heal. We're going to see that. Jesus was all about healing. It wasn't conditional. It wasn't like, oh, you got to be good, go to church, pay tithes and all that, and I'll heal you. People just came by the thousands, the multitudes, and he never turned one person away. And so he's doing that. And then in verse 36 it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So I want to look at this little piece by piece. He's looking at the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion. And I love the definition of the word compassion. It says, it's a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress, together with a desire to alleviate it. So Jesus is looking, multitudes, multitudes, it's crowds, it's sea of people, just faces, not an individual person. But he's looking at faces of people, and he's seeing their distress. He's seeing their hurt and wants to do something. That's how he's feeling. He's feeling for the hurt that they feel and wants to do something. And I, part of what I want to do is inspire you to look at the world this way today. You know, I went to Disneyland because you always hear, you know, happiest place on earth. It's not. It's not. It's just, you know, oftentimes I, when I look around, this inspires me. I look at people's faces, the sea of people's faces. I do this quite often because I love that Jesus did this, and I want my heart to be like Jesus in this. And so I was at Disneyland. I'm sitting there at one of those little cafes watching the people, and people look so sad. They look so empty. They look so hurt. They looked alone. I was just shocked. There was, you'd expect the happiest place on earth, people just beaming. It wasn't. You just saw the heaviness in it, and it was just multitudes. People are hurting out there. People are feeling depressed. People are feeling alone. People are feeling beat up. And, and it even says, he's, he, Jesus is saying, 
because they were weary and scattered. Weary is beat up, tired, the world, just tired from the world around you and scattered. So it's kind of interesting too because sheep are very defenseless creatures. He's talking about sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is called the shepherd. And sheep, if you think about it, like sheep can do nothing. They're domesticated animals, they can do nothing. Their predators are wolves, they can do nothing to defend themselves against wolves. They, they are just like, if they don't have somebody taking care of them, it ain't gonna happen. They're just gonna get chewed up and devoured. That's, Jesus is saying, basically, that's the condition we're in without a shepherd. Jesus is saying, without any guidance, we are just wandering around not even knowing where we're going in life. That's why people are lost and just like not having answers. He's saying he saw that. He saw that they were just going, I, going in different directions aimlessly. And Jesus is saying he had compassion because they were tired and scattered as sheep without a shepherd. It says, then he says, in verse 37, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's saying there are people that want to know him. There are people that need him, that need Jesus, that need answers. People that want that. People that actually do want to hear about Jesus. Maybe they don't know that. I didn't know that. I was an atheist. I thought Jesus sucked. People don't necessarily know it, but it's saying the harvest of people that are hungering for answers and truth are everywhere. But there's very few laborers. There's very few people that say, here I am, Lord, send me. That say, I actually care to get, you know, to do something for other people. The laborers are few. He says, pray for more laborers. That's my passion. That's my prayer. That's my mission. I know my life has been healed and changed in ways that blow my mind. I've seen Jesus heal people, many, many people. I, right now, my mission is to pass on healing, to be one of the laborers, and to raise up more laborers. And we want to pray for that. And I'm asking you to pray for that, too. This is just the beginning. Pray. That's one of the things, too, in World Changers we're going to talk about. Next week, you can change the world with prayer. It's going to be next week. But to be praying for more people to rise up and say, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to make a difference, to have the compassion. I want you to think about that. Even this week, that could be something to, that to really be meditating on is to look at the need out there. You know, look at the fact that there are people that are lost and hurting. Okay, let's go to uh, Luke 4. It says in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news, just to declare it to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is what Jesus said he came to do. This is what Jesus can do. This is what Jesus wants to do. This is... What's, you know, what Jesus' mission is. Look at this. It says, to declare good news for the poor, heal the brokenhearted, and poor. It's not just, you know, just poor financially, although Jesus can heal that too. You know, but oftentimes it's just poor. It's depleted. It's empty. It says, to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus can heal any broken heart. 
It can feel like you've been stomped on all over the place, chewed up and spit out, and Jesus can heal it and wants to heal broken hearts. Proclaim freedom to the captives. There are so many times that people don't even know it, that they feel trapped where they're at, that they feel painted in a corner like they've got no choice, like they're limited, what have you. Jesus wants freedom. He's all about freedom. He's not about bondage. Jesus came to make us free. Recovery of sight to the blind, physically and spiritually blind like blind, like not being able to see physical things or spiritual things. And to set at liberty, there we go, another freedom, freedom twice in this, those who are oppressed. Jesus was reading this in his ministry because it was a fulfillment of a prophecy in Isaiah that said what Jesus came to do. And so he read, read this in, in, um, in a synagogue. He opened the scroll of the scripture and read this and said, this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I'm coming to fulfill this is Jesus' mission. Here's the thing. Sometimes some of us are kind of like, want to be there, we want to be there for everybody, but a lot of times people try and take it on like to be the savior. You know, I'm the, you know, where you want to help so much that you try and fix it all yourself, and guess what? That's going to lead you to burnout because you're not Jesus. This is Jesus' mission. We can help with it. But the big thing is, is to help people to know Jesus in it. To help, to help them to know him because he can do this for everybody. You can't fulfill this for another person. Heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free, all of that. It's just, it's not your calling. It's your calling to help people to know that this is available. And we're going to look at that as well. Uh, in John 10.10, 10, this is another one that Jesus, these are just things that what Jesus can do for people, what he can and wants to do, just people don't know that this is available. You can't receive, you can't receive anything if you don't know it's available. Have you ever thought of that? You know, I always like to look at this as far as the promises of God. If you had a bank account with your name on it, it had a million dollars in it, you have a million dollars in your bank account, totally yours legally. If you didn't know it existed, could you spend any of the money? Isn't that, that's ironic, isn't it? Part of the thing is people want this. They don't know that they can have it. They don't know that it's possible. They don't know that Jesus has promised it. Let's go to uh, John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief, and it's talking about Satan, the devil, it says, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. That's why the world sucks right now. It says Satan is the god of this world right now. He's running the world. That's why it's not the greatest place in some ways, why there's so much hurt. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life. That's zoe. It's, it's the Greek word zoe, which means the fullness of life, that they might have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. And that word abundantly, for one, just the definition, abundant is more than necessary over and above. But this specific word means exceeding abundantly. So you think abundantly is over and above? Jesus said, I came not just to give you over and above, but exceeding abundantly is, is what Jesus came, life to the full. Life to, life to the full. So um, anyway, Jesus came for this. This is a promise from him. He can make people's lives so that they are 
beyond, like whatever, like flying high. Some of you guys from the summer retreat feel that way, right? Summer retreat, like flying high, I'm on a high, spiritual high. I just think I'm never going to come down. Jesus wants that for life to feel more abundant, full in every place, more abundantly. Okay, life to the full. Let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, this is, this is talking about our calling in the ministry of reconciliation that God gave us. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ compels us. And the word compel means to drive or urge forcefully or to cause to do by overwhelming pressure. So what's supposed to drive us in making a difference in other people's lives is his love. His love just moves us in a way that we can't help but want to help. It says the love of Christ compels us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, those who live should no longer Oh, sorry, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So it's kind of interesting. This sounds paradoxical. God, there's many, like, God paradoxes. And one of them, it says that our lives actually are deeper, fuller, more satisfied if we don't live for ourselves, but live for Jesus. You know, it's like we have a really selfie culture, right? I mean, it's got, haven't you noticed it's like the selfies, you know? It's like more and more me, 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 you know. Kind of makes you want to puke sometimes, right? Even the post, you know, self-promoting. You know, what, is, what happened to this let other lips praise you? Everybody's saying how wonderful and hot they are and how everybody else says they're hot. I'm like, really? You know, there's, because there's a mentality that you're not going to get it unless you get it for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Unless you get what, you know, in, unless you take care of you. Got to take care of number one, right? God says, and it's a paradox, that we don't live for ourselves but live for him. Our lives are actually fuller and richer in every category of life. It doesn't make sense mathematically, but it works. As, you know, I've seen that. And it says in verse 16, therefore from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Man, this verse I heard when I got saved, it changed my life. This is one of the things that it is possible that the old crap baggage, everything that's happened to you in the past that hurt you, that held you down, that held you captive to be old news, that you let it go, that it doesn't have to have any chains on you anymore, and to be made new, to be made new, to be restored, it says. And part of this is like we are to look at people not from a worldly point of view, and we're going to talk about that and what that is. You know, I used to, I mean, one of the worldly points of view that I, I definitely would think about <clears throat> is looking, you know, I used to look at the world actually where I thought everybody was like together people. You know, it looks like, oh man, they got it all going on. They're just like, I used to think everybody's got like, they're to the together person, I'm the screwed up person. You know, I'm the only one like this. I used to look at that like, oh, you know, like I was the black sheep and 
<clears throat> instead of seeing that there are people hurting. Just because somebody's got a nice car, nice clothes, all that, does not mean that they're not deeply hurting inside. Oftentimes those things and the drive for putting that as such a priority is covering up deep hurts. So, <clears throat> it says in verse 18, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. This is interesting. God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Why? He, it's us. It's us. It's not the angel's job to reconcile people back together. What does it mean to reconcile just two people? Two people that split up, got a fight, whatever. You try and get them back together, right? God gave us the ministry of bringing people back to God. That's our ministry. And I think about that. It's like you could sit, you know, there's a different ways to look at it. Like, oh, why? Like, that's a burden. You know, but God is love. I mean, I don't know. You could relate to it that way, right? Like, really? Can't you just do it yourself? You're God. Like, send an angel. Isn't there something easier? It's, it's me. I'm, like, called to be the person, you know, to bring people to be reconciled to God. You know, God is full of love. It's not like he's God and he's like, um, I don't want to bother with this, so do you guys do it? You know, I'd rather be watching TV. It's not that. So it's like, yeah, I don't think God's watching TV. But, um, but you know, I think about it. There's, again, you can't outgive God. Giving, anytime you give to God or God's purposes, God says he multiplies back, whatever it is. It builds faith. It's one of the five things in the book of Acts that helped them to stay on fire for God was sharing their faith with other people, evangelizing. Because every time you share it and you see somebody's life change, it builds your faith and you get excited and you're like, oh, yeah, I see God's grace for you. When you're talking to somebody that might feel beat up and you see his grace and his love, you see it bigger for you even every time. So it's, a, it's something that feeds you, not depletes you is the Ministry of Reconciliation. And part of this is like, we're bringing people back to God. So the idea, honestly, my goal, I, I want everybody to know Jesus, I really do. I believe I'm not the savior, I believe more people as they come to know Jesus are going to be healed, set free, etc. So as much as I can, I wanna help people find him. Now maybe that means that, that what you do, I like to think of it, it's like a continuum. You know, some people, it might be that they met Jesus, they got saved, they're born again, but they don't have a relationship. I want to help bring them back to have a relationship then. Maybe it's somebody that has never had a relationship with Jesus that I can go, hey, come on over, this is Jesus, you, you want to meet him, you know? He's a good guy to get to know. But sometimes the reconciliation might be that you're going to somebody that's kind of had really bad experiences. Maybe they went to a church that was really shaming and judging and condemning, and they were like, I hate church. I don't ever want to go to church. Those Christians suck. Jesus sucks. That's where I was at. And maybe it's getting them from going minus 10 in their relationship to Jesus. Like, I hate that. I'll never get to minus 4. Maybe I don't hate it so much, you know, etc. 
but our but it's it's being on a mission to reconcile people back and then it says in verse 19 that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself this is what God does not imputing their trespasses to them God brings us to him without using our trespasses our failings the places that we've fallen short the places that we are awful selfish people that um, you know mean whatever but whatever our shortcomings whatever our sin it says God doesn't count us that way it says he's committed us to the word of a reconciliation and then it says now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him so it's kind of cool because it says that you're ambassadors for Christ if you were ambassador for the United States would you feel a little proud of that it's kind of a prestigious thing right it's kind of a classy job I represent the United States of America sounds kind of like a big deal have a little influence God says that we are ambassadors for Christ I'd much rather be an ambassador for Christ than ambassador for the United States I'm much prouder to represent Christ than I am not no I love my country but it it's falls quite a bit short in many ways compared to Jesus so I'm like I'm, I'm an ambassador representing Christ representing him but here's the thing we think of a, an ambassador a lot of times people go I don't want to be an ambassador because I'm not I don't got it together yet I'm still doing a lot of stupid stuff my life is out of control I, I would make a bad representation of Jesus we're not ambassadors to be Jesus we're ambassadors to represent what Jesus does Jesus says that he came to pay for all of our shortcomings that he came to give us grace that he came to give us love the testimony is yeah I'm screwed up in many ways and fall short and Jesus loves me that's the testimony I want part of what we're about and part of the power you know where people get healed is is this is an environment where people share crazy things and feel safe because they know they're not going to be shamed or judged people can share about things like you know cheating or you know whatever whatever drugs or whatever stuff you were stuck in I was stuck in all kinds of crazy things you can talk about it and know that it's grace you don't have to put on some mask of trying to pretend that you're put together the representation is he loves me like this Jesus loved me when I was cheating on every guy I ever was with Jesus loved me I had a history of that that's pretty you know I've had, that was, I feel pretty bad that I was lived that life for many many years hurt a lot of people but the fact that Jesus loved me right then where I was at and still does and I didn't have to do anything to deserve his love I can be an ambassador for that I can share that that he loves every person right now in whatever it is whatever place if you feel like you fall short or have shame Jesus doesn't shame you it says that there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus so we can represent it so we can be an ambassador right now for what he's done for us <clears throat> let's go to um, Romans 10 Got a couple more. This is kind of cool. For one, this is this this is the scripture that talks about how to receive salvation. 
and to come into beginning a relationship with Jesus. It says in Romans 10 and verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not maybe. It says that's it. There's no work involved. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe God raised him from the dead. That's it. You receive the gift of Jesus. You have, the Bible says you have eternal life. You go into heaven and all hell can't stop you from going. It's a free gift. You become a child of God. In verse 10 it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord uh, over all is rich to all who call upon him. Jesus is not just for some nationality. He's for all people. He came for all people. It says in verse 13, For whoever calls on the, pain, the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Again, preachers just somebody tells them, not like, we talk about preachers like, oh, holy, I don't know. What a, how come I can't do that? Thus saith the Lord. No, not like that. So that's, that's what it sounds like, right? So it's just like, it's not that. It's with somebody telling them. And then in verse 15 it says, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So it says, God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants all people to have a relationship with him. But he says, how can they believe if they've, nobody's told them? That's why it says, how beautiful are those people, the feet of those that preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Part of this is understanding the urgency that there are people with needs around us, and if we don't say something, they might never get help or healing. We don't want to look at people with the worldly perspective of, oh, they don't need Jesus. Oh, they're going to be closed. They, they're not going to want to hear about Jesus. They're not. To be saying no for people, it says if they don't have a chance, they're not going to hear and have the opportunity for the healing and the deliverance. You know, I, I think about... There are people in your lives probably right now that God's probably put there that you and you alone could, could be to share who Jesus is and that he can be there for them. To think about that and to not, to have the boldness, to have the courage, to care enough to say something. You know, it's not pushing people. No, it's not, you know, that it, they get to make a decision. But it's just like you want to at least give them the opportunity to know a little bit so that they can make a decision as to whether they'd like to have a relationship with Jesus or not. You know, and I just think about some of the people. One day, I'm excited about the idea that it says Jesus is going to come and we'll be gathered together. And I'm very excited about the idea that I'll see faces of people that are there because I shared Jesus with them. You know, I think of Steve Martin, who, um, who died at a very young age. You know, they came into a relationship with Jesus before he died. And it's just like, you know, it's going to be exciting to see him when the Lord comes back. 
I want to just close out with one more. This is called the Great Commission. There's uh, in Mark 16 and verse 15. You know, Jesus, right before he ascended up into heaven, the last words that he spoke on earth would be kind of a big deal, right? When you think, last words, Jesus. He's like, okay, I'm out of here, bye. We want to, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, where's the last thing that he had to say? It would be kind of a big deal. Guess what he had to say for the last things before he ascended? These were his last words. It says, in Mark 16, in verse 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news, to every creature, even dogs. No, I don't think that. Or cats, if you're a cat person. And then in Matthew, it says to go and make disciples, which is disciplined followers, people that walk with God. So it's kind of like, that's, that's the big thing. That's, they call this, uh, it's not a biblical word, but the Great Commission, the Great Sending Out. That his last words were, share this with everybody, guys. Share what I've done with everybody, because I want everybody to be healed and set free. So just in closing, next week we're going to talk about the power of prayer. Um, I just want to, I'm fired up about this. There's so much hurt in the world. I just ask you even to think about or consider to pray for God to just show you the people that are hurting and that you can make a difference to. Just to be praying and to be seeking God this week for that. Because you can make a difference. It might seem overwhelming, the pain of the world, but you can change the world one life at a time. One life can make a difference. Because that person can, let's, let's stop passing on hurt, let's pass on healing. Let's have that be what we give and make a difference. Let's make a difference in the world around us. We can change the world one life at a time. But the big way to do that, you can't be the savior, is to make the introduction and help people to know who Jesus is. There is no more, there are many nice things we can do, and we'll talk about that, because we do want to serve and give in many other ways. We just want to be giving and passing on good stuff wherever we go. But the biggest impact that a person's life can have is coming into a relationship with Jesus and having his healing. You know, that, that's like the ultimate, you know. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time uh, that we can not feel overwhelmed, but that we can have hope and faith that we can pass on healing, pass on grace, pass on your love. We can stop this hurt people, hurt people chain and have healed people heal people, Lord. And, and that the way to do that is to introduce them to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen.